Hosea chapter number two. Hosea chapter number two. And we'll get uh, we'll get right into this this morning. We've got plenty of time left to get into this message and see what the Lord has for us. You know, let's pray, and we'll ask the Lord to bless us the uh, rest of this message. Father in heaven, Lord, we need your help. Lord, we have we've sung praises to you. We've worshipped you. Lord, we've given of our tithes and our offerings today. Lord, we appreciate the work that you're doing in Germany, the souls that are being saved, and Lord, the lives that have been changed, the churches that have been planted. And Lord, it's a wonderful thing to know that the gospel, even in areas of this world that seemingly they're rejected the gospel, the gospel still has power. There are still people that are searching, and you're still saving lost souls. Lord, we pray that you do the same here today. If there's someone here that's lost, that doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray today your Holy Spirit would convict them, would cause them to understand in their heart what salvation is. And Lord, I pray that they'd have the faith to trust you today. And Lord, we pray for those maybe in this service that are going through trials, troubles in their life, those that need encouragement today. Lord, I pray that your Spirit would encourage each heart Help us today. Lord, we're going to look at a difficult passage of Scripture. Lord, it's difficult to understand this type of love. But Lord, we're going to see how much you loved us. And I pray that we would uh, just appreciate you today. We'd worship you today. We'd bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus. And we ask you to do these things in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Hosea chapter number two, I want to look at uh, one verse here, and then we'll look at several other passages of Scripture and come back to Hosea today as well. But Hosea chapter 2, verse number 15, and I will give her her vineyards from thence in the valley of Achor for a door of hope. And she shall sing there as in the days of her youth and as in the days when she came up out of the land of Egypt. A couple things I want you to note there, we're gonna look at here in this verse today. I want you to see, first of all, the Valley of Achor. I just want you to take a note of that. And we're gonna we're going to look at that valley and what that valley is. There's another event that happened in this valley in the Old Testament. I want you to see this in just a moment. I also want you to see this, that as he gives this Valley of Achor or brings uh, Gomer brings this one that has gone astray, loving after other men. He is going to bring her back and bring her to this valley. And he says this, for a door of hope. The Lord is going to bring her here to this place for a purpose. This is a specific valley for a specific reason. And that reason is because in this valley, in this place, he is going to give a door of hope to this person. I want you to see also in this passage of scripture, um, we, we find that in doing so, she's going to sing there as in the days of her youth and in, in the days when she shall come up out of the land of Egypt. He's going to bring her back to a time in her youth, a time when things were different, a time of joy. And all of these things are going to take place here in this book of Hosea. We're living, and I think you would, you would agree with this, we're living in perilous times. Would you agree with that? You see all the events that are happening around this world, and it almost seems like this world is spiraling out of control. 
some of the craziest things that you would at one point think there's no way anybody could even think this is a good thing, now is being accepted. We see sin just, just rampant in our world. And God's people ought to bring certainty to an uncertain world. God's people ought to bring certainty. There ought to be something, the way that we live in this world that just seems so chaotic, this world that just seems so depressed, this world where it seems like there is no hope. God's people ought to live above that. And when others see your life, they ought to see a life of hope. This last uh, week, yesterday, I received a text. One of our men, uh, Jeff Kaminsky, was in, uh, uh, he was in prison. He was in jail this past weekend. But he went in on purpose and they let him out. He went there to preach the gospel. And, and some 244 inmates that were there uh, made a profession of faith and trusted Christ as their Savior. He and several other men were down in Dayton area. And God did a wonderful work there. Yesterday, we had a pine car derby for our children. And I received a text from uh, Paul Taylor that one of the children that were there trusted Christ as their Savior. What a wonderful thing thing it is when we are able to go into places and give hope to those that have no hope. That hope is Christ. That hope is salvation. The book of Hosea is about God's love. Hosea, the word, the name Hosea means salvation. In this story is God's revelation to us as, the, as an unfaithfulness of his people. While, while the people are unfaithful, while, while the people, and, and specifically here in this book, this wife becomes unfaithful to her husband, what we find is in those times that God remains faithful to us. Hosea was faithful to his wife, although she was not faithful to him. And God is always faithful to his people, even when we're not faithful to him. And that's the story that we find here in Hosea. This loving husband is seeking after his wife. He's loving her. How many of you would say it's very difficult to love someone that doesn't love you? It's, it's hard to love someone that's unfaithful to you. It's hard to love someone that has hurt you or talked about you or, or hurt you in some way. It's difficult to love someone. Matter of fact, could you imagine here this husband whose wife has gone into a whoredom, is, is she, he's seeking after her, he's loving her, he's desiring her back. There's, there's uh, unfaithfulness here. There's, there's trust that has been broken. And this husband seeks to, 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 to bring his wife back to him. And we find here in Hosea too, there's a door of hope. The message of our Christian faith, it is a message of hope. In, in, in a world of chaos, our message is a message of hope. In a world where it seems like it's spiraling out of control, in, in, a, in a, a, a land of a uh, continent of Europe where it seems like they've, they've rejected Christ. And, and I've said to you this before, churches are, are closing down and he reiterated that today and, and, and they're turning into bars and nightclubs and, 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 and apartment buildings and, and all kinds of things. There's no longer a place of worship there. In a place and a time where it seems like we live in a hopeless world, Christians have the message of hope. I want you to turn with me to the book of 1 Peter, if you would, please. I want you to find 1 Peter. Because Peter is one that he lost his hope. If you know the story of Peter, Peter was a, an apostle. 
He follows Jesus. He's bold, he's brash. Matter of fact, when they came to take Jesus, he took out his spear, he cut an ear off of the soldier. He was gonna fight for Christ. There was no way that he was gonna let his, his, his teacher, his, his uh, mentor go to the cross. There's no way he was going to allow this to happen. And you know what we find? This man that says there's no way that this is going to happen to Jesus, he lost hope. Matter of fact, he goes back fishing and goes back to doing what he was doing. He, I don't think there was a time where he lost his faith in Christ, but he lost hope. He lost hope. And look with me in verse number two, he says this. In verse one, he, we find it's Peter. In verse two, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Peace, I like that. Peace be multiplied. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope or a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Here's a man named Peter. Peter found himself in struggles. Peter found himself in trials. Matter of fact, Peter found himself in a place where at times it was hopeless. He was following after Jesus and now Jesus was taken and he was crucified. Peter was wondering at this time what's happening. Matter of fact, he denied Christ and and Peter is in a place where he lost hope. How did Peter find hope? How did Peter find hope? You know, Peter says here in 1 Peter chapter one, he says this, I found hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus said this, because I live, ye shall live again. And Peter, who was in a place of hopelessness, he heard this, behold, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. The way the Christian finds hope is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have hope because our savior is not in the grave. He is risen from the dead and he's alive forevermore. And therefore, no matter what we face, no matter what trial we find ourselves in, no matter what society looks like today, the Christian has hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's hope. Peter, though, in his life, he got downhearted. Have you ever wanted to throw in the towel? I don't mean you want to give up on salvation, that you, you want to walk away from God. I'm just talking about trials have overcome you. The Carpenters this, this week, see Brother Carpenter here, their mother passed away. And I'll tell you, it doesn't matter if your parent's 55, if your parent lived to 100, it's a difficult thing to lose someone that you love. There are people in this room that have lost a child. There are people in this room that are suffering from cancer or suffering some, some, um, some kind of sickness. I had a fellow come to my office this week and he says, Pastor, I'm 80 and I'm starting to lose some of my memory. And he says, it's affecting so much. His wife is sick and totally dependent upon him. And he says, it's gonna get to the place where I probably won't be able to drive anymore. He says, I never never dreamed this would happen to me. You get downtrodden, you get downhearted. You wanna throw in the towel. 
And Peter went back to fishing. He lost hope. And you know, the reality is this. We could look at Peter and we could say, how in the world you've seen Jesus work. You, you saw what Jesus did. You saw him heal the sick. You saw, him, you saw him raise the dead. How in the world could you lose hope? The reason why is Peter is human just like us. And hear me today, please. There's times in every single one of our lives where we lose hope. How many of you have ever been discouraged before? Just about everybody in this room. Discouragement comes. There's some here today, maybe they're not in this room. Maybe it'll be on a podcast they listen to. Maybe it'll be on a TV program when it's aired. But there's going to be some that are listening to this message today and there's been a time in your life where you've lost hope or you're close to losing it. You're looking ahead at the horizon. You're saying it just doesn't look good. Peter was there. Hosea, I want you to go back to the book of Hosea, would you? Find your place there. Hopefully you kept your place there. If not, I might have the missionary come back up and take about 10 minutes so we can find the book of Hosea again. I want you to see something here. And please stay with me. I'm gonna bring this to a conclusion here that I pray will help you and help me. Hosea chapter two, I want you to see there's a word, therefore. And whenever you're reading scripture and you're studying scripture, when you see the word therefore, you know what you need to do? Figure out what it's there for. Because there's something that you need to see. Three times in this chapter, Hosea writes, therefore. In verse number six, would you just underline that word? Mark that in your notes. Verse number six, it says, therefore. We're going to come back to these. I just want you to see this. Hosea. Now, now, understand this, please. Hosea's wife has left him. Hosea's wife has had children that aren't Hosea's. Hosea's wife is, is, is in constant relationships with other men. Hosea is passionate about his wife. Hosea loves his wife. And Hosea wants his relationship with his wife healed and back to the way it was. I want you to put yourself in Hosea's shoes for just a moment and understand how this must feel. Hosea writes in verse number six, he says, therefore, therefore behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns and make a wall that she shall not find her path. Look with me in verse number nine. We see that word, therefore, again, therefore will I return and take away my corn in the time thereof and my wine in the season thereof and will recover uh, my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness. Look with me in verse number 14, the third time we see this word, therefore, therefore behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness and speak comfortably unto her, I will give her her vineyards from thence in the valley of Achor for a door of hope. We find that word therefore three times. And God is speaking in this book of Hosea for a love for his people. You know what God is telling us in this book of Hosea? He'll never let you go. There's going to be times in your life where you lose hope. You know what God says? He'll never let you go. He'll never leave you. 
When it comes time in life where it's difficult and you can't understand and the trials are great and the burdens are just, just, just so strong upon your shoulders and you just think, I don't know if I could take any more of this news, I want you to understand something. What God is telling us in the book of Hosea is this, he'll never let you go. What does everlasting love do? when we don't seek after it is the question of Hosea. What does everlasting love do? The reality is this, God loves you with an everlasting love. But there's times in our life that we don't always seek after it. There's times in life where things seem hopeless and I'm not seeking after God because the reality is this, sometimes the pain is so deep, I'm not sure what to do and at times even what to think. Listen to me, I'm preaching to myself here. I want to remain spiritual, whatever that means, (laughs) in every area of my life, but there's days I don't feel spiritual. I I wanna handle every single trial and every single burden. I wanna wanna carry that burden. I I wanna be a a one that just just is a, a a great warrior for Christ, a great soldier for Christ. But the truth of the matter is there's some days I just don't have the strength. There are some days that the problem looks greater than, than, than I think that I can bear. There's times I, not long ago, it seemed like everything I got that day, somebody was having a, a issue or a problem and they wanted answers and I got so tired that day. I, I looked at my schedule and I had a few more appointments that day. And I remember thinking to myself, I just want to call them and tell them I don't have answers. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to do. Now, the, the, the right thing, I know the spiritual thing. And you say, how dare you, pastor, you're human. But the reality is this, I am. I know I should have said that the Lord is our strength and the Lord is our help. But it didn't seem like that was going to suffice what the person needed. There's times in my life, and I'm sure there's times in your life that it's difficult to seek after, but when we don't, there is everlasting love that seeks after us. Gomer, the wife of Hosea, she forgets and she forsakes her husband. She leaves him and gets into just a vile, wicked life. And, and this is what Hosea did. And hear me, please. We're getting, getting to the point here I want you to see. And this is what Hosea did. In verse number six, he said this. In Hosea chapter two, verse six, the first therefore, he said this, behold, I will hedge up the way with thorns and hedge up thy way or, and make a wall that she shall not find her pass and she shall follow after her lovers, but she shall not overtake them and she shall seek shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then shall she say, I will go and return to my first husband, for then was it better with me than now. He said this, the first therefore, he said this, I'm gonna put a hedge about her and I'm gonna restrain her. 
what I'm going to do is she's running. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put, I'm going to put guards around her. I'm going to put hedges about her and I'm going to dictate her path. And she's not going to realize it. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put some walls around her. And, and by doing that, what she's going to do, is she's finally going to come back to me. That was his solution to bringing his wife back. And maybe, maybe like with a, a child that, that kind of wants to do their own thing, a parent says, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll just put up walls around them and I'll put hedges about them and, and, and I'll, I'll keep them in and that child, you know what that child will probably end up doing if their heart is bent on, on doing their own will, they'll rebel against that and they'll find their own way. And we wanna put hedges about and say, well, I, I'll control their path while they're on this path of rebellion and they're going away. I'll dictate where they go. You know what Hosea realized? That doesn't work. So in order to bring his wife back, that wasn't the plan. We find this to be true coming up to verse number nine. The second, therefore, we find that what, what uh, Jose was doing, he was providing for, for his wayward wife the things that she needed to sustain her. She, he, he was giving her all of the things she needed to live, even though she was out there and, and living in whoredoms and, 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 and selling herself and in this filth, he was, he was supplying for her. He was giving the things necessary to sustain her. And so the, he says this in verse number nine, the second, therefore, therefore will I return and take away my corn in the time thereof my wine in the season thereof, and recover my, my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness. And now will I discover her lewdness in the sight of her lovers, and none shall deliver her out of mine hand. He thought this, you know what I'll do? The first, therefore, I'll put a hedge about her, and she'll have to return, and that didn't work. And he said this, number, number two in verse nine, uh, he said, you know what I'll do? I'll take away everything from her. She doesn't realize what I'm doing for her. You know what I'll do? Everything I'm doing for her, I'll take it away. And now when she's left with nothing, you know what she'll eventually do? She'll come back. But you know what? That didn't work either. Putting the paths in front of her, the, 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 the fences in front of her didn't work. Taking away everything he was doing for her, this didn't work and and then we come to verse number 14. He says this, therefore, this third, therefore, behold, I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness. Verse number 15, I'm going to take her to this valley of Achor for a door of hope. That valley, that word Achor means this, it means trouble. It means trouble. Go with me to the book of Joshua, and, and I, I'm, I'm pressed for time. I know I just, I want you to see this here. I want you to see the other time that this book, the Bible tells us about this Valley of Achor, Joshua chapter seven. There's a story of a man named Achan. The children of Israel have crossed the Jordan. They're into the promised land. They defeat Ai. They, they um, come to a second battle where it was must, much less difficult than, than the, uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, the, they defeat Jericho. They come to a second battle that is a lot less difficult than Jericho. It's a battle that they should have won and should have easily won. It's the battle of Ai. 
but they don't win this battle of Ai. And, and Joshua is told by the Lord there's sin in the camp. And the, what happened was, and we don't have time to go back and read all of this in Joshua chapter seven, but there was a man named Achan that was in that battle of Jericho. And when he went in and he was told not to take anything, he saw the Babylonian garment in verse number 21, the two shekels of silver, 200 shekels of silver, the wedge of gold of 50 shekels of weight. He says, I coveted them, I took them. He took those things and he hid them under his tent. He thought he could hide this and he put it under his tent. And then they go to this battle of AI and they lose miserably. The people don't understand. God, why would you bring us to this place and, and bring us to this great victory at Jericho and in the very next battle, we lose miserably like this. What has happened? And what happened was this, there was a man named Achan that, was, that had stolen these things. Look with me in verse number 23. And they took them out of the midst of the tent. And this is Achan. They found, they found this in Achan's tent and brought them unto Joshua and unto all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. So everything that, that, that Achan thought was hidden, they took everything, they laid everything out. And Joshua and all the children that were with him took Achan, the sons of Zerah and the silver and the garments and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his ox and his asses and his sheep and his tent, even his tent, everything Achan owned and all that he had had. And they brought them to the Valley of Achor. Joshua said, why hast thou troubled us? Achan, why have you troubled us? And all Israel stood, stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with these stones. And they raised up over him a great heap of stones unto this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Wherefore this, the name of that place was called the Valley of Achor unto this day. The Valley of Trouble. You see, we find Joshua dealing with Achan in this valley, this valley of trouble. Where, where do we find the door of hope? We don't find the door of hope for Gomer in verse six when he tried to restrain her. We don't find the door of hope for Gomer in verse number five when he tried to remove all of his, his, his things that he's doing for her. We find that door of hope, that open door is found in times of trouble. Please hear this. Trouble has another side. And so often when we see troubles and we see burdens and we see trials, we see the trouble, we see the burden, and we see the trial. That's what we see. And it, it gets us weary, it gets us down. In the times of trouble, when we hear of sickness, you know what we see? We see, the, we see the sickness, we see the hurt. In times of trouble, we see that hurt. We see, we see the disappointment. We see the, the we're taxed and, and, and it's the worst news that we've ever heard. And, and in this time of uh, trouble, all we see is this trouble. And we think to ourselves, how are we ever going to escape this? How are we ever gonna get through this? I have a childhood friend grew up it was my sister's my sister's best friend growing up and through high school and she married a fellow that I that I knew from school as well and they pastor a church in Maine and so they're probably 40 
45, 46 or so, I would maybe 46 years old. He took his wife to the emergency room this last week and she was having some pain and the emergency room doctor said, I think that there's a problem here. I think you need to go see and refer him to a doctor. He says, I think there's cancer. And they went and took her to the specialist and he did all the tests and they found out that she has a rare cancer that there's no cure for and it's stage four and it's already through seven places in her, in her body. Three children still living at home. Pastoring a church in, in Maine. And sometimes and when we see trouble, all we see is the trouble. We see the pain, we see the hurt. You know what I've learned? You can't teach or preach the Bible and never grow, go through these things of trouble. You know, I've learned for myself that sometimes if we're not careful, all we see is the trouble and it gets us down. We keep our eyes on the wrong thing. We, we see only the one side, but the Lord brought Gomer to a place of trouble, the valley of trouble. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't through hedges that brought her back that he offered a door of hope. It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't through taking everything away from her that the door of hope was open, but it was in the place of trouble here, this valley of Acor, in this place of trouble is also where this door of hope was opened. And when, when it's all over, as you think that it, it's as bad as it could get, when you come to a place in your life where it drives you to your knees and there's, there's nothing pleasant to see. Have you ever been there? Oh, if you, if, if you could just see something pleasant at that moment, it would encourage you, but there's nothing pleasant to see. It's taking your sleep. You can't think. This is a place of trouble. And when you get to this place, it's in that dark, dark place in time of trouble. And it seems like there's no place to run. There's no place to go. It's in that place of trouble that God opens the door of hope. Hear me today. Don't just see the trouble. See the other side of it, Christian. In, in your darkest hour, God opens this door of hope. You find him to be greater. Instead of looking at the trouble, he brings you to this place, not to bring you to trouble. He brings you to the place of trouble and it's there that the door of hope is opened up to you. It's there that we see God for his greatness. It's there that God wants to reveal himself to us. God does things, he supplies, he cares. And it's in those times that we don't really seek God because all of our things are met and all of our needs are met. There are so many that deny God. Listen, he does it not just in individuals. He also does it in nations. And I think if God is going to allow this nation to continue, he's probably going to bring it to a place of trouble because it's in that place of trouble that he opens that door for people to turn back to him. You see, sometimes, Christian, it's in our darkest hour that God reveals himself, who he really is. We must live our lives so that unbelievers see and behave, see us behave like there's hope. 
hear me, please. God didn't bring trouble in your life so you can spiral out of control. He didn't bring trouble in your life, that, that sickness, that pain, that circumstance, that disappointment, that hurt, that broken relationship, all of those things that if we're not careful, we can spiral out of control. He didn't bring those troubles into your life so that you think that he's forgotten about you. It's not that so that you think that, that, that he doesn't care for you. It's in those places of trouble. It's in those darkest hours that God reveals himself the most for you so that that door of hope is open, so that you see that he loves you, you see that he cares for you, and in those places we must behave like there's hope or there's no hope then for a lost world. Listen, if every single trouble, if all I do is look at trouble, in every single trouble brings me to the breaking point where I want to just quit, what am I showing a lost world? I'm showing them that the God that I say they ought to believe in, he doesn't exist. I'm saying that the, the Jesus they ought to put their faith in, he's not there when I need him. We must live our lives, not just looking at the trouble. I said to my son, I had a, conversation with him about something. I won't share with you what the conversation was, but it was one of those, just those teaching moments. He was sharing a story with me and I, my wife and my son was involved in this conversation. And I said to him, I said, son, you need to learn not to look at everything at what you see it from your human eyes. You've got to see that God is working behind the scenes. We can't look at everything selfishly. Well, I'm going to quit my job because I don't like the person I work with. I don't like my boss. I don't make this. I don't do this. I, 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 I'm so tired. I'm going to stop this relationship with this person because, because of the trouble that's coming. I didn't get what I think I deserve. And listen, what I'm saying is this. We look at trouble the wrong way. We look at trouble selfishly. Look at the other side of that trouble. Why do you think that God has you in that place? You're seeing the wrong thing. You're looking at the wrong thing. You're looking for the wrong thing. You're looking for you in that trouble. And what we're supposed to be doing is looking to God in our trouble. And God may just be putting things in your life so that you stop looking at you and you stop looking at how it affects you. He put this in Gomer's life. Gomer leaves your husband. I'm gonna live life how I wanna live it. I'm gonna live life loving who I want to love. I'm gonna live life living for my lust. And, and what does God do? He brings her back into the valley of trouble. He puts trouble in her life. For what reason? So that she knows that God is the one that I must look to. So many of us, we will just want the trouble to get out of our life. You're looking at the wrong side of trouble. Well, God, I could love you if you just get rid of me, this trouble, get, get this out of my life, bring me, free me from the valley of Acor. And God says, but I've got you in the valley of Acor because it's there that I want to show you this door of hope. 
God brings love and shows us his love at the darkest hour. God may bring a country to a dark hour so this country returns back to him. We look at the trouble in our country and God may be allowing trouble in our country to turn our country back to him. God brings a family to a dark hour so that family turns back to him. He opens a door. God brings an individual to a dark hour so that individual sees the open door. And when we see the other side, we see God, not our trouble. There's so many Christians that are running around and all they see is the trouble. All you see is the hurt. All you see is the pain. All you see is the problems. All you see is the burdens. Instead of seeing the other side, the door of hope. God has you right where he wants you because he wants to accomplish something in your life. And as long as you want what you want and do what you do and want life around what you want, you won't see that door of hope that God has open and you'll fail. If you're at a place in your life where you just say, God, I don't understand this trouble. I don't understand this pain. I don't understand this hurt. I don't understand this dark hour. It's in that place. It's in that place. I will give her her vineyards from thence in the valley of Acor or trouble for a door of hope. I want to encourage you today. See the other side. See the other side. Don't see the side that's easy for you to see. See the side that God desires for you to see. And then you'll see trouble in a very different way.